king of the swingers, oh, the jungle VIP. I've reached the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. I want to be a man, man. Here you leave today. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's Gang at patreon.com slash mousemadness. Kyle, I had a I had a Disney Parks dream this week. Okay. Okay. Tell me about it. Okay. So, you know how people tend to have that dream where they're running in slow motion? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm a very special person. And whenever I am performing any act of athleticism in a dream, I crush it. Okay. Like, I never run in slow motion. I'm always running at normal speed. Superstar. Uh, I have a recurring dream that is uh, the manager of a baseball team puts me in the game because okay. a player is like not available that day. Like, hey, Twitter boy, you're up to bat. Uh, and every time I like I get a hit, you know, like I'm good. It's so strange. I have dreams of freestyle skiing and doing like crazy backflips. I have dreams <laughs> that I fall off a roller coaster and land on my feet. Wow. I don't I don't know if that's like just healthy optimism or or what like it's strange but you know I have I do have some anxiety dreams and this is this is what happened so <laughs> oh, I'm no. going to try to make it quick cuz people describing their dreams can be boring um sure. I'm I'm in the Disneyland half marathon okay and uh the we're, we're running through Toontown of all places all right the TV show I watched before bed that night was American Vandal season 2 and if you don't know what happens in American Vandal season two, uh, the premise is, is a mockumentary about a high school who um, experiences what they call the brownout. Uh, yeah. Someone puts something in the lemonade and everyone poops themselves all over campus. So this was like what I fell asleep to. So in my dream, I'm running through Toontown. Uh -oh. oh, no. Uh-oh. And then chaos, and then chaos ensues. Like that's <laughs> that's really all you need to know. There was a bunch of crazy stuff happening in the Toontown bathrooms there, but it's hard for me to remember. Um, I just was excited to share that with all of you. Thank you. Which and you know, honestly, that reminds me of um one of my least magical Disney moments, which we did talk about on Patreon. I was gonna say that that aligns. You just have some emergency disneyland phobias going on because of your one one experience i guess fecal urgency is a real problem <laughs> in the world and especially at disneyland and i will talk about that um oh. bathroom placement is key for a good disneyland land which is what we are talking about today best disneyland land what does that mean disneyland park and Disney California Adventure are separated into these different lands these different areas and we are going to decide which of those are the best lands? So Disneyland land. Uh, and to help us do that, as someone who is very familiar with the Disneyland resort lands, it is a uh, former cast member, first time guest host. It's Carly. Carly, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and help you guys debate. We are very excited to have you. We've been trying to work you into a show here 
uh, for a long while. And we finally got back to Chris and I's favorite topics, which are the parks. And to introduce yourself, you know, what's your relationship to Disney, uh, Disney fandom, and even the parks? I know that you work there. Yeah. So I would start with my very first visit because that's where it all happens. 2005, 50th anniversary. Oh, what a golden pun unintended time. Exactly. I had the golden ears, the whole shebang, and it's just been in my heart ever since. Uh, So I started as soon as I got my license, I started I got an annual pass and started driving up there with my friends and Then I started working there at the end of 2018 until the dreaded end, March 2020. Ah, not the pandemic. Yes, that was the end of my Disney career. Oh, man. What was your uh, your role at the parks? So I worked in attractions in Fantasyland. So warning, I might be a little biased (laughs) here. Oh, we got the bias. Yes, so, but I work on It's a Small World. That was my very first attraction. And then I became a storyteller on Storybook Land. <laughs> oh, oh wow. Uh, my I team. would have been my team. I, yeah, I would have been a little <laughs> too anxious to be on your boat because I don't like when the attraction hosts talk to me. Uh, but <laughs> side question for you. Have you ever seen anybody get knocked out at Small World? Oh, <laughs> I've seen people run. I've seen a child run past <laughs> the gates, past the cast member, and just belly flop straight into the flume. Oh, no. In the water. That was probably the, yeah, that was probably the most gnarliest knockout I, I've seen. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, I didn't expect that. I <laughs> that going back to our Patreon episode of least magical moments. Uh, on my grad night, I saw a guy get knocked out, punched in the face as we were getting off of Small World. Oh, uh, so like anybody, a brawl, like a Toontown, uh, like a, Toontown style. Not like a belly flop into the flume, but a full-on Toontown situation. Gotcha. Uh, but the the belly flop into the flume is much better. That's okay. amazing. So before we start getting any more into parks, we got to talk spoonfuls of sugar. What's everyone drinking today? Kyle, what do you got? All right. Home bartender is back. I have oh, baby. recovered from COVID. I am feeling much more like myself. Things are great. And after an entire bracket of drinking water, you know I had to go back into the cabinet. Uh, Chris and Carly, do you know what a grog is? Of course. Grog is a rum-based drink, and it comes from sailors obviously and it's really just rum water lime juice for to keep the scurvy away and sugar and they would do that to cut their rations in half so that they could extend the life of their rum and also the sugar to allow them to actually drink it because it was like gasoline back then uh it evolved into the navy grog which is multiple types of rum water sugar um so i'm i'm going the grog route but this one is is a little spin on it. It's the home bartending grog, which I'm going to call the Galaxy's Edge grog. And that's because I have two types of rum. So my recipe goes uh, one and a half ounces of lightly blended aged rum, which is like a Mount Gay type rum. Uh, one and a half ounces of white rum. Some one ounce of lime juice. And instead of sugar, because it's Galaxy's Edge. Uh, I had to make this thing look a little gnarly. So I added an ounce of Midori, 
which is the green sugary liqueur. Um, and then instead of cutting it with water, I just added extra ice so that it would naturally water down as I drank. And I've got it here in my spoonful of sugar mug. So I'm going to go ahead and take a sip because I haven't yet. Oh, that's dangerous, but it's good. <laughs> Let's that go. Good. That is good. I'm going to drop that recipe, as I say every single time, into the Discord. Uh, give it a shot yourself. It's very citrusy because the Midori and the lime juice, uh, but it cuts through the harshness of the white rum. I like that. That was delicious. Chris, what have you got? I got, I got another name for your beverage. Please. Oga's Groga? Gragu Grog? Agas Agas Grog? Gragas Cantina? Gragu? I feel like I already made a Grogu Gragu Gog. Speaking baby over there? Too many Grogerts. So I am getting boosted tomorrow. Oh, boost boy. I was surprised by my employer. They said, you need to be boosted in the next 12 hours. All right. And I was like, all right. Um, just, for, just for some things that I have to do um, and some, some travel I have to do. So I was like, all right, got to get it done. Was not expecting this. Was hoping to drink today, but um, I'm drinking oh, a beet no. juice. I'm drinking a little beet juice to just kind of get some, get my blood flowing a little bit. Beets are one of my favorite, like, quote unquote, superfoods because <laughs> I'm one of those dudes who in the gym, and I've been trying to get back in the gym. Um, I, I like being veiny. I like, I'm one one of those guys. Like I want to be veiny. I want my veins to be like popping out of my neck and like my arms and stuff. And I know a lot of people are like, that's really gross. Um, true, true guest on fashion for you. Yeah. But I don't know. I like it. And, and beets and garlic and vitamin C that combo, natural combo that make, make you a veiny mofo. You're going to have veins (laughs) in your calves. Um, so, you know, killing two birds with one stone, get a little nutrition on get a little bit of veins popping going on. Maybe when I'm getting mad about fantasy land, you'll start seeing it coming out of my forehead. <laughs> uh, Carly, what do you got? All right. So no matter how wonderful and sugar that beat sound, um, I've had <laughs> DCA's festival of holidays, frozen hot chocolate. It is one of my favorite things. I always get it every year with my little foodie pass. So it's just hot chocolate, smashed candy cane pieces with vanilla ice cream. I got a Christmas mug going on and then a Mickey straw, if you can see that. It's, I don't know where you guys are. I'm in Southern California and it's less than 60 degrees here. So we're in the dead (laughs) of winter. We are freezing. (laughs) yeah we're both in the bay and i was actually texting chris uh yesterday because we had quite the cold snap uh overnight where where he's at dropped to the upper 20s so yeah it's been chilly and that hot chocolate sounds delicious when you said hot iced hot iced hot chocolate hot iced chocolate ice what is it's a frozen hot chocolate frozen so not anything i was saying (laughs) frozen hot chocolate uh the candy canes i'm assuming is the frozen part that sounds delicious super good and and you're rocking a disneyland shirt with yeah that is a collage of all of the different disneyland lands that we're going to be discussing today. yes and it's pretty sick if i have to say so myself and i'll give you the full a full model 360 
360. Has the opening date of Ooh. every attraction. <laughs> opening date. Let's go. Okay, so we we don't even need like a fact checker. We got it in writing. <laughs> we have the I don't shirt. Even need my notes. Don't even need my notes anymore. We're ready yeah. to go. Yeah. Uh, Chris, we got drinks in hand. Let's start. Let's start getting into the topic here. Let's let's see what is this best Disneyland. And before we do that, we had a demographic that had to narrow down and order up the 16 lands. Uh, and who was our demographic that we surveyed? Carly already outed herself with this one. Our demographic <laughs> that the interns went into the Disneyland Resort to survey were overdressed winter parks goers. <laughs> you know? Hey, I get it. I'm from Southern California too. I'm a San Diego beach boy. Like, I get sure. it. I get cold all the time. But I also have lived in Chicago during the winter. I have yep. lived in New York City during the winter. Yep. And, and like... That is cold. That is cold, cold. I am the first person to wear a heavy coat when it gets under 70 degrees. Trust me, I will admit it. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes seeing those parks with people wearing beanies, people wearing yeah. scarves out there in Southern California, you know, it's just a little bit funny. Um, so we had to have our interns pull some of those folks aside and say, yo, what is the best Disneyland resort land? And we've got six, a top 16 there was only one Miss the Dance land because it's almost the exact number we need to round out a bracket. Our Miss the Dance land is Pirate's Lair on Tom Sawyer Island. Sorry, yeah. to- sorry, to- sorry, Tommy. Let's rewind that really quick. The one that isn't on the bracket is actually Paradise Gardens because Tom Sawyer Island is part of Frontierland. No, it's not. No, it's yes, not. Yes, it is. Look, look at the official map. It's no, listed it's as a part of Frontierland. Look, Carly's nodding her head too. <laughs> it is so true. The, this- it is true. So the Miss the Dance is actually Paradise Gardens. So it's a big, so it's a big, it's a big um, attraction. Yes. It's an attraction so big there are two restrooms inside of it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, yeah. leave all this in because I'm wrong and it's Paradise Gardens, <laughs> which is the, which is like the awkward festival area kind of that's tucked over at, but, but um, what's it called is in it, right? The Goofy Ariel's Sky School? Ariel's in it. Ariel's in it. Ariel's in Goofy it. Goofy Sky School's in it. Uh, the jumping jellyfish are in it. The no. Zephyr. Zephyr in it. No. Yeah, that entire section of DCA, that uh, little right-hand corner, if you're looking over towards the Paradise Pier Hotel, is Paradise Gardens. And that did not make it into this. I can kind of see why. It feels like it's just a, a big cacophony of just misfits, but you you want that area in here. Jump, jumping jellyfish was robbed. Okay. That's all I'm saying. All right. All Absolutely. Right, all right. World of color? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm. You could probably, yeah. It happens there. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Big show missing from the bracket. But mm. we have 16 lands that did make it on and that we're going to be discussing. So let's go ahead and cue up that dramatic music. Roaring down Route 66 and into the one seed is Cars Land in Disney California Adventure. Batu at number two. It's Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Charming its way into the three seed is Fantasyland. We're walking right down the middle of the number four seed. It's Main Street, USA. Giving us pirates and ghosts at the five seed is New Orleans Square. Small but mighty at number six, Adventureland. Rebranding itself at the seven seed is Pixar Pier. Extra, extra, read all about it. Buena Vista Street takes the 8 seed. Rootin' with the side of tootin' at the 9 seed is Frontierland. 
beep, beep, boop, beep. Coming in at number 10 is Tomorrowland. Finding its laughing place at the 11th seed is Critter Country. Is it a wolf or is it the number 12 seed, Grizzly Peak? Getting goofy at the 13th seed is Mickey's Toontown. Coming in at number 14 is a sample abuser's paradise. It's Pacific Wharf. Training hero recruits at the 15th seed is Avengers Campus. Coming in at number 16 and rounding out the bracket, if you can't beat them, join them. It's Hollywood Land. Carly, we got 16 solid lands here. Uh, which one of these stand out to you? I have to go with one of the originals, Fantasyland. My home encompasses all of the magic of Disney in itself. I mean, we'll dive further into that sentiment because I think that probably is going to ring true. But let's waste no time. Let's go ahead and get into this bracket. And Chris, if you don't mind, I would love to, to get us going here. Please. It is the number one, Cars Land, versus the number 16, Hollywood Land. Both lands are in Disney California Adventure. We obviously know Cars Land very well. Made after Radiator Springs from the Cars franchise. It is an impressive replica of that town in the film. Uh, you feel like you're not only in it, but you're experiencing it. And it has some of the most incredible detailing of any land on this bracket and in the resort. Uh, it is multifaceted in that it can easily switch into any sort of season, occasion, and they, the Disney Imagineers really put their all into it. So even before I start diving in further here, because I have a feeling that some of these, are, these matchups are a little mismatched. And how I kind of took notes and really thought about all of these lands is in four different pieces. I was thinking of ambiance. What's the vibe? How is it feeling in there? What their shops are like, what their attractions are like, and what their food slash drink are like. So those are kind of my like four categories that I use to like mentalize how I'm, I'm, you know, looking at these lands. For, for such a scientific method, you forgot restrooms. Because you're the only one worrying about restrooms, baby boy. I, I'm not too concerned. It's what I do. It's what I do. <laughs> so those are my four. I mean, I guess if there's a restaurant, there has to be a restroom. That's generally what the rules are. Anyways, um, so Cars Land scores high in all of those. Ambiance, the vibes are good. Shops, they could probably be better, but they're for a Cars crowd. If you like Cars, then you've got the merch, oh, Cars man. merch there for you. Well, we had we had the cone, we had the giant cone hats, and we had the flying tire hats. Those were like, <laughs> yeah, the, they, those things were sold so quick. Wait till the best uh, Disney hat bracket when we talk about uh, the cone hats and the flying saucer hats. Cause those oh, are... it's opening day Donald. It's opening day Donald Duck. <laughs> we already know. Krusty Googly Donald. eyes. Yeah. Crusty, crusty Donald hat. Uh, absolutely. Cars Land scores very high in all of those, including their attractions. Uh, they got something for, they got a little something for everyone in that land from if you're a small child to if you're an adult that enjoys dark rides with a little taste of thrill. They've, they've really done well and they've got it all there. Um, Hollywood Land. DCA's forgotten corner of the park. This is a place that has gone absolutely neglected since its opening day. And that's really unfortunate because big part of California theming when this park opened was the Ritz and Glam of Hollywood. And that Ritz and Glam never really actually shown through. 
and has never shown itself since then. You get the big 2012 renovation of the park in which Buena Vista Street shows up and it's this shiny new entrance into the park. You get Cars Land. You get the renovation later on, a few years later, to Pixar, to Paradise Pier, to Pixar Pier. But there, sitting in the corner, in the dark, dark corner, is Hollywood Land. So this is a district that is mostly shops. Uh, you get some shows in there as well. So Hyperion Theater, whatever rotating Disney Broadway production they have in there. Disney Junior Live on stage, Disney Junior Dance Party, whatever they're doing in there. Turtle Talk with Crush, Animation Studio. You get some, some hands-on experience, some interactive activities in the animation building. Uh, but it's mostly places with the punny names. And then you got Monsters, Inc. hidden in the back corner. As far as my four categories go, they got a lot to eat there, but it's not anything you ever actually want. And it just is a throughway to get to literally anything else in the park. You're trying to get to the tower. You're trying to get to the back entrance of Avengers Campus. You're trying to do anything but go on Monsters, Inc. and spend time in that land. I will say that off the page, the shop in the animation building, love that shop. Love the art uh, merch that you can get there. I think it's fantastic and one of the better shops in DCA but it sits in one of the worst lands. And that is why there's no contest here. Cars Land has got to move on past Hotwood Land. I am definitely agreeing with you, but I'm not as out out on Hollywood Land as you are, I don't think. Uh, the art okay. of animation is such an important place on property. Like, in my opinion... If th something were to ever happen to the art of animation experience, I would be I would be terribly sad. Not only because I think it's really interesting, but yeah. because uh, I just love chilling in that little like lobby area where all of the music's playing and the drawings are on projected on the screen and the music videos projected on the screen. That is such a great Absolutely. spot, especially during the summer when it's really hot out, and just just come in and chill for a second. Yeah, um, it's great. Love, love that little corner of the park. Um, the uh, idea does feel cheap. Like there is a Universal Studios Hollywood. So this was an easy kind of like, oh, we'll kind of do a studios type thing with our new park as well to offer a similar experience. And that made honestly a lot of sense. In DCA 1.0, they, they, Disney company was really kind of emerging as this like media empire bringing yeah. in ABC and ESPN and ABC family and that kind of stuff. Things like who wants to be a millionaire play it were yep. super fun or yep. the ABC soap opera cafe and, um, Aladdin at the Hyperion was like, Oh, Disney's doing stage two or yeah, Muppet vision. You get the, the interactive show that comes from the East coast. Like there's, they, they had a vision. The vision just fizzled out very quickly. I think at one point I met the Power Rangers in Hollywood Land at Disney, which was very <laughs> oh strange. Um, I think I have a photo of that somewhere. Um, and Superstar Limo, like everyone ribs on it, but I think I've said this before. Like my family loved Whose Line Is It Anyway on ABC Family. And so seeing Drew Carey on that ride, like made so much sense for us. Yep. Um, and so Hollywood, the original Hollywood Pictures backlot, like that was definitely kind of like, I enjoyed it, you know? 
from like a teenage kid, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. But today, like you said, it's just a shadow of its old self and kind of a scar left over from 1.0. Maybe, Carly, you have some more insight on this, but it seems like there's at least two like giant soundstage type spaces that are just either empty or like are treated like a black box where they'll throw in whatever. It's Olaf Palooza. Um, and so we're just going to do this temporary thing in here and install the Marvel some shop. Yeah. Just like pop up stuff. Um, and it just, it for Southern California park where space is at a premium, it just feels like a waste. Yes. I totally agree with that. Especially in Hollywood land. I feel like those sound stages are, only used for like high school grad night oh, like yeah. a few ah. times a year they'll throw like a dj up there or whatever but i do have to agree with the animation academy that is a prime spot especially on a hot yep. day like you honestly you honestly can't beat it um and if we're talking like food and like some ambiance like their award wieners <laughs> is hilarious <laughs> like you like you <laughs> and the smoothies, the smoothies, like hilarious. Like that is top tier branding right there. So I guess they do have that that going for them a little bit, but it is kind of a shell of what DCA used to be. Like it's not really a California themed theme park like it was. So I really like what you said with DCA 1.0. That's kind of exactly what it is yeah. i i like I, my, like my prediction is that it becomes avengers campus at one point yep yep some i think they're going to do some sort of transition from like city streets into avengers campus almost as like the campus is hidden from city's view or whatever maybe um, they like re they give the art of animation a facelift so that it's like a old school like laughogram ink style and like that main drag of hollywood land can be buena vista street um and then avengers campus kind of like is surrounding it right yeah that'd be cool um two two dca related things because uh i love this park number one carly you would love our dca 1.0 discussion we have an entire bracket on the best dca 1.0 thing uh very very fun two in that discussion chris i forgot to to tell the story of one of the greater Hollywoodland interactions that I had slash witnessed. Uh, this was, must have been in June, uh, the first time that I went to the parks in the pandemic. Oh. And they were, yes, it was because they had just opened Avengers Campus. Nina and I were enjoying a beer over where Carly had just mentioned like that stage where they have like probably a DJ for grad night. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. bring like the local school choirs there to perform. Uh, we're sitting right by that, enjoying a beer. And Chip and Dale came by and they are dressed as Thor and Loki. And they were nice. going to do a meet and greet from that stage area. Uh, and they're walking up and the stage stairs have a chain. And they're walking and their handler is trying to get their attention like, whoa, 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 because they're going to belly into this chain. And I think it was Chip. He stopped, looked at the cast member and without, without breaking eye contact through that mask, just unchained and threw the chains down and then walked up the steps. And it was the greatest just like 
oh, probably only Nina and I saw it. And it was so sassy and so funny. I loved it a lot. But uh, yeah, Hollywoodland's going down uh, and we can we can move right along. All right, sweet. So next matchup is going to be number eight, Buena Vista Street versus number nine, Frontierland. This is a seamless transition here. I mean, it's our first, it's our first interpark matchup. Uh, so so we'll pick it up with Buena Vista Street because we were just kind of talking about that. Uh, Buena Vista Street is super underwhelming to me. Buena oh, Vista really? Street is super uninspired to me. Um, wow. I would take. Hollywood Pictures backlot over Buena Vista Street Oof. every single day. Like Oof. original DCA 1.0 Buena Vista, uh, Hollywood Pictures backlot. Um, I would probably take Buena Vista Street over Sunshine Plaza, even though I do, <laughs> I do love the golden hubcap. Um, it is fun to remember. But uh, Buena Vista Street just feels pedestrian in a theme park that is supposed to be heavily themed it's like so on the nose los angeles hmm. kyle you made an argument we were talking about the incredicoaster that i will never ever 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 Uh-oh. ever <laughs> ever 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 forget you said this is just a roller coaster i can ride anywhere like at the santa cruz boardwalk yep i i like, i have not stopped thinking about that <laughs> 18 months later, but yep, I stand it's, by it. it's like the same way I feel about Buena Vista street and Los Angeles, you know, like okay. it's much cleaner than Los Angeles, but in a way it's like, looks like Los Angeles without the feel of Los Angeles. It's this like sterile recreation that I feel like was the whole problem with the original concept of, of California adventure. I just like, I'm mm. just really not into it. That being said, I have not been to the Carthay Circle Lounge to get some cocktails. Um, I find the uh, Newsies Mickey, even though I do love me some Newsies. I don't know. It feels a little bit like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like navel gazing, you know? Like it, sure. it falls into that like, oh, Walt Disney was a man with a dream. And yeah, he came I, into I hate LA. that. I hate like, that. I hate the that, rope drop spiel where they're like, You've entered 1920s and Walt Disney has just arrived to Los Angeles. I'm like, drop the rope. I have to get to Radiator Springs Racers like right now, ma'am. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's a land that in an entry plaza that looks better than it did before, but it's not moving me emotionally. And yeah. I mean, that's a hard thing to do to like, how do, how do guests enter our park? Like, what are they met with? really hard i mean i don't know that there really is uh a solution you know like main street usa is just a one-of-a-kind experience which we will talk about next round Frontierland, another land if i'm being honest that sort of the theme of it is questionable um as we progress as human beings the romantification <laughs> Romantification, romanticism, romanticization, romanticization. The romanticism of the Wild West is a little sketchy. Yes, is becoming increasingly sketchy, and they have attempted to cover up a lot of the ugly parts of that romanticization. Settlers' cabin, uh, Native American village, that kind of stuff. But it is still kind of like that. That's what the West is. Like right. inherent, inherently, that is the spirit of the Wild West. The the 
Westward expansion, manifest destiny. This is our land to take. It's in there, you know? Yeah. Prospecting, gold rush. Yeah. Winners write the history books, but like, you know, not great. To- yeah, not totally. Great. Totally. Another, another bad thing about Frontierland. Remember um, Westward Ho slash Conestoga Fries? Yep. The it was a integration. It, yeah, it was a covered wagon on, on the Big Thunder Trail that was basically like right where the rivers of America meets up with the footpath again. So kind yep. of like across the footpath from the exit to Big Thunder Mountain, maybe up a few steps in a northern direction. That spot is the worst spot to be in the whole Disneyland Resort if you need to get to a bathroom quickly. it holds it holds the unique distinction as being the spot furthest away from any restroom oh yeah yep um officially like uh actual if you go by the park map and like what bathrooms that are listed on the park map it's right outside of lamplight lounge in pixar pier but there is a bathroom at Lamplight Lounge. But if like uh-huh. if someone didn't if someone didn't know any better, they were they're gonna have to they're gonna have to hoof it to out <laughs> of Toy Story Mania. Anyways, that's so just so you're all aware, you know, like if you're ever walking the Big Thunder Trail, it's a good idea to hit the restroom if you even kind of need to go before you leave Galaxy's Edge, leave Rancho del Zocalo, or leave the Red Rose Tavern area in uh, the backside of F- Fantasyland. Gotta be vigilant, you know. Sure. You got to have an escape plan always. As we said um, in our Patreon episode, like a day at Disneyland is a day full of logistics and using the restroom is it part of those logistics. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I swear I'm going to drop the restroom thing uh, for, for <laughs> like at least one round. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, I don't believe you. It's coming back. Don't worry. Uh, so some things I do like about Frontierland though, uh, the retail experiences in Frontierland make a lot of sense. A1. A1 experience as far as shopping goes. The random gift shop feels random in so many parts of of this park, but the idea that we are in the Wild West where there is a street where commerce is being done, like, you know, again, it makes sense. You're buying Disney parks merch and, and pins and stuff like that, but uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, but it's called. It's from a place called Bonanza Outfitters, so of course you're gonna step in there. And there are some shops in the parks where the facade is great, and then you walk in, and it is. It looks just kind of like any other retail space or another shop elsewhere. But this is a really great themed area as far as shops go because you walk in and it feels like you're in this old like almost like ranch house type shop where everything is wooden planks and things are kind of put everywhere with turnstiles and or on like wooden tables and just like the theme just goes so hard in frontierland shops definitely and you and so uh i think at the end of the day I'm going to have to go with Frontierland, even though I think it is somewhat problematic. I think it works better than Buena Vista Street does for me. I I like Buena Vista Street a lot. 
And that's probably because I'm a Bay Area boy born and raised and I don't like Los Angeles. And so if I can get a clean watered down one, I'm going to love it. And so I show up to a clean watered down one at, on Buena Vista Street with the Carthay Circle at the end, which is my favorite restaurant and drink spot in the entire resort. So like that, the personal bias there is huge. The fact that that restaurant and lounge exists is a big reason why I love that area. I like the live entertainment. Maybe not the Newsy stuff uh, with Newsy Mickey, but Five and Dime, the uh, the the black mm. singer with her yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, street band, phenomenal. They're often on like the back of an an old truck or on one of the red trolleys, which I think is very great for the theme. There's a few too many live actors in that. Oh, land. I know you hate that woman who has the dog puppet that is oh, going to try boy. and talk to you. Oh, I can't stand it, dude. <laughs> I'm so afraid that that You're puppet's like, going to make eye contact. Please don't <laughs> yeah. look at me. Please don't please. come up to me. I can't. I can't. I can't look. Also kind of random is that Snow White is often there, which isn't super random because that Carthay mm. Circle Theater is where right. Snow White premiered. But the fact that she's also there. But are we supposed? is that supposed to be Snow White or is that supposed to be like an actress dressed as Snow White like there was at the premiere? I don't know. Storylines are getting tangled. Uh, and the shops are the it's like almost the same thing as on Main Street USA. So there's not a ton that you can pick from there. And the food is basically just like that Starbucks and then like the random carts that are around in the candy shop, of course. I'm going to agree with you, Chris. I'm going to move Frontierland on. And I get the hesitation behind like, this is glorifying a time that we probably shouldn't any longer. This kind of colonization of the West from native, native folks. I think they've done a good job of getting rid of a lot of that. Um, but it's still a problematic theme. But it's great Old West little town. Uh, I like walking through the fort gates. And as you turn that, that slight left, the land opens up to just the the rivers and with the old towns on the side of you. Uh, I don't like the shooting gallery. That can go immediately. But I like how it opens up. And then on your left, you start seeing the buttes of uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. And it just starts, you just start feeling like you're in that Western area. So I think that just like thematically how it opens up, as opposed to Buena Vista Street, where it feels maybe a little bit too hustle bustle it's not as well laid out as like a main street where you're like you go left you go right or you go straight the hub for dca is kind of like well you can make like a you can veer right or you can kind of go like diagonal or you can make a hard left but it nothing actually makes sense directionally so i agree with you Frontierland uh, just feels like the better land here carly do you agree I do agree 100% Frontierland. There's just one bit about Buena Vista Street that I do find cool. I I kind of dig the Newsies type of trolley show and the whole the newspaper thing. I don't know if you guys oh, know, yeah, but yeah, one, yeah. Of, one of my friends' dads actually collects. So they actually have a publication and they make new newspapers kind of often. Yeah. And so 
Yeah, my friend's dad would actually collect the newspapers. They usually hand them out at that one, like, guest relations little kiosk that's random. But I think that that's always been, like, a fun little tidbit that they do. I like that. That's something that I would want. And then, like, shovel away into a desk and never see again. And then sell sell them to some podcasters on eBay 20 years later. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Be my own little historian. It's similar to like collecting the like 50th anniversary napkin. Same type of. Right. You know. Right. right. <laughs> or or saving every uh, cardboard coaster that you ha- you get at every restaurant. Oh, no, please. No. <laughs> please no. Uh, right, I would let's... I would love to know like what team of people write those newspapers. Yeah. No. Yeah. Back in the day, it was Disney's like PR team. Like Marty Sklar, uh, he used to write the Disneyland newspaper that would go mm. out. I think it was weekly. Um, so I, I doubt it's their PR team now. I, I'm sure it's just somebody that got assigned that project in Asana, and they just have to do it every every mm-hmm. once in a while. But uh, you said Asana, and I for a second I thought you meant a sauna. And I was like, what are you talking about? They all meet in a sauna and they discuss who's going to write the paper for that week. As they're sweating it out. Then it Uh, Anyways, move on. All right. Let's move on to this next matchup. It's the number four Main Street USA versus the number 13 Toontown. And can you talk about a mismatch here? It's 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 honestly unfortunate that we're doing this now and not waiting for the Toontown to be renovated since that's going to be happening as of this recording in like two weeks. Uh, but it's also a staple of the park since 1993. So it's had its chance to to change and it's finally doing it. It's a big mismatch. Toontown is the forgotten corner of Disneyland. They haven't really done a ton to upkeep it. The Hills facade is fading. Uh, the The food service areas before they gave up on it wouldn't always run you would only have a few windows open i did like that they had as like food options it was all counter service um in a in a row in the little town there's like a block and it was all this like counter service stuff it was like daisy's diner and clarabelle's that sold ice cream uh goofy across the street had something as well uh so it it's just a it's it's a mess it's a mess back there. Uh, you have Roger Rabbit, which I like going on as like a nostalgia thing, but it's not necessarily like a must do for me. I don't think I did it the last time we went. You got Gadget's Go Coaster, which is a quick 30 second <laughs> loop around uh, the Rescue Rangers, which could be rethemed or maybe they won't since they're trying to push out that new film with the, the halfway CGI, but not CGI film uh, Rescue Rangers. They had the uh, Toontown Depot, which was actually almost like outside of Toontown. It's their train station. And then all of the meet and greets, of course. You could go to Donald Duck's boat. You could go to Chippendale's treehouse. You could go to Mickey and Minnie's house. You can meet your favorite characters as far as attractions goes. But it's unfortunately just a forgotten corner of the park until right now in which we're going to see a huge new attraction coming out with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. The entire reimagining of that space to have a lot more open space, which I think is nice because a complaint of it is that one, there's like no shade out there. 
it's mostly just like stroller land if they didn't drop them off on the on the walkway down into tomorrow or into Toontown. So by them opening it up, I'm hoping it's a much more enjoyable park space. Chris, you had talked about on our last Patreon episode how much you value the casualness of a park experience in these theme parks. And I think in this, especially in Disneyland, and I think this might turn into a vibe for you. Hmm. Although it might be overtaken by like all of the toddlers <laughs> because it's just, just a place for them to thousands run around. Of, thousands of Charlie Calvins all in one place. And I hope they use this opportunity to free Mickey. Get him out of that garage that he's been <laughs> stuffed away in, forced to meet and greet kids and families for the last 20-something years. It's Main Street USA. I will talk more about Main Street and we can talk about it, you know, how much we love it and why we love it, but there's just no contest here. No disrespect to the Colorado Rockies organization. Um, they have a really great, like, sky deck that they recently put in a really great place to grab a beer and watch a game from the nosebleeds, beautiful view of the Rocky mountains and those classic course field sunsets. However, when you walk around the main concourse at Coors field, I get a similar vibe to Toontown. It's like, <laughs> this was dope. This was dope in the nineties, mid nineties, but it hasn't been touched a lot since then and could mm. probably use somewhat of a reimagining. All of the signage looks a little bit outdated. All of the, you know, random play structures are a little bit too rubbery looking, a little bit cartoony, um, yeah. and could could use a little bit more uh, I don't know, maturity. Sure. Yeah. And and so that's kind of the vibe I get when I go to Toontown. Like I'm like you, Roger Rabbit's fine. I don't go out and seek it out. So there's really nothing for me to do up there. Also, Toontown's a dead end. Dead and end. It, if I know anything about Roller Coaster Tycoon and building an effective <laughs> theme park and Roller Coaster Tycoon, it's you cannot create dead end footpaths like that. Like right. every single footpath has to loop back around because you're gonna you're gonna get people get stuck down there, and it's gonna be important. It's not so much important now because not so many people are going up there. But as soon as this runaway railway thing. Uh, like comes out, they need they're gonna need to figure that out. I mean, maybe their solution to. is there. Maybe their solution is that oh, we're gonna widen it up a little bit, and it's you know, you know. But I don't have a lot of confidence in that. Do you think that they'll open it up on that left hand side and and bleed it into Galaxy's Edge? Well, they are gonna have to go back underneath the the railroad track or go over it. Yeah. Um, shoot, Fantasyland Theater might be in the way. Who knows? But sure. uh, it's concerning. Um, so yeah, I'm with you, Main Street USA, Carly. Any any like love for Toontown? Anything you want to say before we send them home? A little bit because I do have a lot of nostalgia for it. Only because I think I spent a good few years of my young life playing the PC Toontown game. Oh. I I loved that game. So when I first went to Toontown after playing that game, I. I just thought it was amazing. So it's a little nostalgic to me. And funny thing like about the wall, the Toontown faded wall, we actually kid, we call it the $50,000 wall. On the other side of that is all of the like launchers for all of the fireworks. Oh, so it's a pretty oh. cool like setup that they have behind there. Cause that's why Toontown closes early 
for the fireworks and then they have all of these like I don't know they like raise up like all of these different platforms and it's a whole thing back there so I don't know it's a little nostalgic for me but I guess it can go definitely go compared to Main Street love that the $50,000 wall mm-hmm. um that's out there you you put that out there Carly that's public info now it um, is yeah <laughs> Next matchup, we got number five, New Orleans Square versus number 12, Grizzly Peak. Honestly, this is a surprisingly tough one for me. Um, New Orleans Square has a lot of great stuff going on for it. You got a great one-two punch. You got Mansion, you got Pirates. Yeah. You got the Disneyland Railroad. That's technically a one-two-three punch, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Haunted Mansion Holiday ruins it a little bit because, you know, whatever. But um, it's solid. I mean, I... Like you were saying, I like a like a parks experience, a, a leisure style. But at the end of the day, like good attractions is important. Like that's gonna get me to go to that place. Yep. Occasional live music in New Orleans Square, unrivaled. This is the fantastic. Spot. This is this is the spot. Yep. Yeah, a little jazz band in yep, the little band, band shell by what is that Cafe Orleans? Uh huh. You get a little uh, pirate band every once in a while. A that comes pirate out. band. It's awesome. Um, good food. Oh my God. Blue Bayou. Blue Bayou. Cafe Orleans. French Market. Oh, Mint Julep Bar. Beignets. Little clam chowder. Little beignet. beignets. Little Monte Cristo sandwich. Like, forget oh. about it. Mm-hmm. All the best eats in New Orleans yep. Square. Period. Yep. All that's missing is a hurricane. Which they little have hurricane, in the Blue Bayou. Little hurricane, little hand grenade window. I know if they if they put hurricanes in a window, it's bad enough that they have it in Blue Bayou now. But if it was a walk up window situation, game over. You have know? you ever have you ever had a New Orleans hand grenade? Yes, not hand okay. grenade. Sorry, I've had a New Orleans hurricane okay. in New Orleans, and it was fantastic. But not we're gonna grenade. get you. We're gonna get you a hand grenade. Okay, thanks. Hand grenade is like hurricane is uh, maintains a a small sense of like your dignity. A hand grenade is like. I'm here to party. I'm here to party, wait. baby. Can't wait. Can't wait. Maybe um, for our 200th episode, we record in person and we make hand grenades. Throw it, throw it in the Vitamix, baby. We're going to do it. <laughs> um, so some downsides, though. Crowd control issues in New Orleans Square are not good. Pinch points. Insane along that waterfront. and honestly ruins the atmosphere around 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And then when people start claiming spots for Fantasmic, like it's just a place you just do not want to be there after one o'clock until yeah. like post Fantasmic. Sure. It's sketchy. Like you have to get out of there. You just have to. Um, I just, something's got to be done about that giant pirate switchback that just one long that goes all the way back down to the mansion. Like it's so ugly and like annoying. Yeah. That people have to go somewhere, but like we're at the point where it's expected and it's just almost a permanent like thing that happens. And it's so frustrating. It's not overflow queue. It's regular queue now. Right. Talk about, and also speaking of pinch points and poor access, bathroom situation. Bathroom situation is not good. Nope. There is a, there is a bathroom that is centrally located. However, there's like two toilets in it. And you got to go back you got to go to the back. Yeah. Got to go to the back. You either go through like the uh 
like Royal Street and like curve your way in and, and it's right there. Or you go around towards like Cafe Orleans and try and sneak your way through that little walkway. And no matter what, since there's only two toilets, there's either like a line or the many families of the people waiting for the people that are in line all around that. And maybe Carly can speak to this, but the last time I was there, I stood across from the bathrooms, not knowing that I was blocking a cast member door that was like right behind me. And that was used very often because I kept having to shuffle to the side. It is just not a great experience. Um. I will I will go to Hungry Bear. I will use if I'm in New Orleans Square and I need to use restroom, I will go to Hungry Bear. I will not yep. I will not ever ever use that restroom. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up, Kyle. Um representing team restroom. <laughs> um always been super uninterested in the shops in New Orleans Square. There's a lot of them um and they're kind of like uh knick-knacky jewelry, ornaments, perfumery, art, perfumes, stuff that just like I don't really have any interest in checking out but like i appreciate that they're there and they're not just more like stuffed animals and uh S- disney sumsums uh, <laughs> and, and what are those uh numos nim the little things that you can dress better than my wardrobe i don't know little, what like, that is animals. Kyle. oh my yes. gosh i know what you're talking about thank you carly <laughs> they have well, a whole section at world of disney yes and oh, you can man. swag out winnie the pooh yes <laughs> Uh, Club 33 is cool, but there's some Club 33 elitism there that I just doesn't sit well with me. Thousand percent. Um, going on the square is going up against Grizzly Peak. So, so, ah, when I think of California adventure, I think of concrete. I think of, it's a big concrete park. It's all just buildings. And Grizzly Peak is that one little slice of the park that feels like something entirely different. Yes. Look, I mean, being... I'm a NorCal boy now. I'm a Bay Area boy. Love this nature up here. Yeah. You know, and, and I love that in Grizzly Peak as well. They annexed Condor Flats. Soren is now a part of Grizzly Peak. And I love the way that they redid that to make it make sense. Same. It's wonderful. Adding a little like paratrooper theme to it. Um, and that little gift shop where we bought the skunk hat. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I guess the one thing that's annoying is just like I mentioned in our little intros and our seating announcement, that grizzly looks like a wolf, man. <laughs> I mean, it looks like a wolf. I've never seen a bear howl before. Yeah. I, okay. it, it's whatever animal it is. It looks like it's howling. So I yes. looked it up. I was like, do bears howl? Bears don't howl. No, they moan. They, they, they grunt. They yell. They roar. But they don't like stick their heads up and go, oh, like that. You know, they're, they're generally like, <laughs> Yelling at you know something. It, you know what it is? Is that it? Lo- the the way it's shaped makes it look like it has like pursed lips, so it looks more like a howl than a roar. Maybe if like the jaw was more unhinged, it would look more like how a bear roars when it like is screaming at things. But um, it's also going up into the sky. That's you what know, I'm like that's, that's the big yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if the jaw brought that head down a little bit, it'll look a little, a little bit more like a roar. But no, I, I agree. I see you. I see you. It looks like Wolf Peak. Ooh, this is really tough. Um, I'm gonna go with Grizzly Peak. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go with the upset. I love the storytelling in Grizzly Peak, where you enter the land, 
and you got smoke jumpers grill. What's a smoke jumper? It's a firefighter that fights wildfires, which would happen in an area like this because it does all the time up here in Northern California, which is really what this area is meant to invoke. You have the lodge, the Grand Californian with its wooden features that looks like it almost like a ski lodge. And as you venture in past like the airfield where Soren takes place, you come across the shops, Humphrey's Service and Supplies, which is across from where these like smoke jumpers might be eating. And what's there? Smokey the Bear gear. All of this stuff about wildfires. National Parks gear. It's almost like if you and your family were going to the lodge or going up the hill for a family vacation up the mountain, Humphrey's Service and Supplies is the last stop before you head up the hill. There's a gas pump there. There's uh, like a, a cart of water and Gatorades and snacks. Uh, there you get your little souvenir at the base of the mountain, then you head on up. And that's what you do. You head on up. You start going through past the plane that's parked on the right. And then it's really just nothing, right? Until you turn that corner and you're at the, the summit of the mountain. I love that progression. You get there. You can go water rafting. That's the attraction. Grizzly River Run or Gur because very inventive of the naming people here as a bear might gur. And across the street from that is the Redwood 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 Creek Challenge Trail. Um, in addition to the Humphrey Service and Supplies, the other shop, which is attached to the Grizzly River Run, is Russian, like rushing river outfitters which is also a dca 1.0 pun because here in northern california there is a russian like the the country river that runs through like sacramento area Hmm. Uh, and so this is a little pun on that location and that's a shop that i have to go into every single time that i go to dca it's a good one. Might need I, to rename that river, but yeah. <laughs> current state of affairs, we might want to rename it. However, it's not spelled like the country, so they can get away with it now. But I love it. It's like a large, uh, like outdoor warehouse that they sell usually ponchos and other right. like great outdoor gear. You can get like uh, tin mugs with the like DCA logo or whatever on it, yeah, as if it's like you're you're yeah. getting camping gear. So it's like. The Disney gear that you can find anywhere else, except it has this kind of outdoorsy camping adventure angle to it. And I love me a shop which will adapt to the theme. We talked about it on the Patreon episode or on a couple of Patreon episodes ago with the history of merch and how the original dude that was head of merch really wanted to make sure that these shops were specialized. Well, this is a great example of that uh, leftover from DCA 1.0. But it's up against New Orleans Square. And like, if you go attraction to attractions in these two lands, I'm going to take New Orleans Square. If you're going to do ambiance, I'm going to take New Orleans Square. That's because that's something that I can't enjoy all the time. If you've ever been to New Orleans, New Orleans Square is a great replica of the French Quarter. Everything feels just French Quarter enough, except there's not a lot of puke in the streets and there's not a lot of drunks walking around. Otherwise, these facades, until you get a couple hurricanes in your boy here from the blue bayou, and then you're going to have at least one drunk walking around. But it, as far as what it looks like, it, it looks incredible. The history that's behind it is fantastic. 
you the individual shops i love going to pieces of eight and being disappointed by the lack of pirate stuff every single time or at least the pirate stuff oh man how can they not make a good piece of pirate merch it blows it's my like, mind swap out the word pirates with literally any other thing i know and so I know. are you I really know. surprised but, <laughs> but but it's just there there can be such a sim- simple fix to their pirate merch situation but they're just not doing it the individual shops i also don't go into them but i love that they exist and that you can actually go in and buy something from them it's just that extra added value for its guests i i really love the ambiance of grizzly peak but i feel like that's an area that i am not leaving the world of today for because i'm about an hour and a half away from that exact experience by living here in northern california i'm going to orleans square which means that carly is breaking the first tie oh boy so I do love New Orleans Square theming great, but I feel like I never find myself actually like hanging out there. Like I agree with the crowds. It's really narrow. Like it's kind of like I want to just go on Pirates or Haunted Mansion and get out of there. So I think I'm going to go with Grizzly Peak because and there is a <laughs> the crowd control issue is just non-existent there. And the one thing I absolutely love that little cut through between D between DCA and downtown Disney, nothing beats that little cut through. If you're in a hurry, it's just it chef's guess. Yep. If if you want to hit the, the actual best restrooms (laughs) on property, head that little cut through checkout grand Californian hotel, little conference rooms. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> peaceful absolutely peaceful yeah. um all right grizzly grizzly peak moves on it does let's move across the brackets the number two galaxy's edge versus the number 15 avengers campus we got the two new kids on the block in both parks here with the newly acquired entities to the disney family we got a little lucasfilm we got a little marvel i love this matchup but it's uncontested this is a galaxy's edge move on, no doubt, no questions asked. And it's not even because Avengers Campus only has one attraction to open so far. It's that the theme of Avengers Campus is a campus. And inherently, that's going to look like a big slab of concrete. And that's exactly what this place looks like. Granted, the attraction Web Slingers is an impressive use of technology. It's a little bit chaotic for me. Uh, as we discussed in one of our trip reports in which I didn't understand the storyline. But I love the tracking motions of it. Uh, I love that it sees your arms. And I know that Chris had an experience in which he wasn't sure that he was shooting his webs, but I didn't have that experience. So it worked well for me. Flying Robot Spider-Man. Can't get enough of it. Going to stop and watch it every single time if I'm within about five minutes of that show showing. But otherwise, Pim's Test Kitchen, mid it's fine. Was that the first use of mid on the Mouse Madness podcast? Congrats. <laughs> probably, probably. We've broken Thanks, the ice. Man. Thanks, man. I spend a lot of time on TikTok, uh, and I know that the kids use, use mid to describe things that aren't worthy, and uh, Pim's Test Kitchen is one of those. Their drinks are fun and quirky, but they're not good. They're n- <laughs> none of them are good. I've had mul- twi- two of them, and they've both been a little bit too acidic for me. We don't know what that second attraction 
is slash going to be slash if it's I mean, it sounds like it's just going to be another simulator, uh, but there's just not a whole lot to that land. Galaxy's Edge feels like to me, at least that you quite literally are on another planet that it feels like there's so much to explore, so much to see every time you go. And it seems like it's probably a haven for the hardcore Star Wars fans, as opposed to Marvel, which I think that Marvel fans are probably going to be fairly un- underwhelmed with that that space in DCA. So I'm going to go with Galaxy's Edge. I am obviously going to agree with you. I, uh, Avengers Campus, like you said, feels somewhat unfinished. Um, Guardians? I know. I, I, I would be <laughs> I, I would be fine if they were like it's gone. Rest oh, in man. peace in peace. Mission breakout. I don't need it. I don't need it. Uh you know, I'm over here looking at Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind in Florida being like, all right, that's you know, now we're talking. So anyways, <laughs> I'm still you know extremely bitter about that Tower of Terror thing. So yep. any any conversation that involves mission breakout, I'm I'm going with the other. Um in this case, it's a very <laughs> far superior thing anyway, so I'm agreeing with Galaxy's Edge. Um, Carly, Avengers Campus, any love? Yeah, I have one just little bit of one thing when right before it opened, they had a cast member signing. So they invited us all to go and we got to sign our names on this huge steel beam oh. that is the highest point out of Avengers Campus. Oh. So it I have a little love for it because my I'm a part of Avengers Campus forever, and I don't know, but web slingers is a big no for me. And I sure. heard the trick. The trick is to use your fingers because it's smaller. <laughs> so like it's just every time I go, I can't even I can't even put a, get it in me to do the <laughs> spiders because I know that this is <laughs> so just no love. Not that no, no love for We know too much. We know too much now. <laughs> that's so and that's so so instead of like web slinging like Spider-Man, you're Sabrina the teenage witch used to do <laughs> the finger. Sabrina 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 spellslinging your way through DZ. <laughs> All right. Next matchup, it is uh, number seven, Pixar Pier versus number 10, Tomorrowland. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Pixar Pier, I, I, I generally like this area because of the attractions. The attractions in Pixar Pier are great. You've yep. got Incredicoaster, Madeway Mania, uh, Pixar Pal Round. Is that what it's called? Yikes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Emotional Whirlwind. Emotional Whirlwind, which I don't even know if I've even ever seen that ride. Uh, you've seen Flicks Flyers, so you've definitely seen. seen... That's true. Uh, you got Lamplight Lounge. You've got uh, all of those boardwalk games. Dude, I love the games. Oh, yes. I love the games. Yep, same. Skunk. I just dropped like 150 bucks at Dave & Buster's the other night. <laughs> like any, anytime like, games are involved, I will, I will play them. Like... You, if if we're gonna like drink, oh, make it a game. Yes, we're playing donkey. We're we're playing some beer pong. We're playing civil war. Like anytime you're like, you want to play? You want to play this? I'm like, yes. Let me get a drink. That's why I like those shooter attractions. You know, Midway Mania, Buzz Lightyear. That little competitive edge in me comes out. Yep. So I like that about Pixar Pier. The issue 
is that this land has been through like three different reincarnations now. Yep. What was it? Paradise Pier? Which made sense. It was a boardwalk, you know, like a a cheap Muscle Beach style kind of Muscle Beach isn't a boardwalk, but like Santa Monica. Yep. Then they rethemed it. Okay, it's it's more of like a old timey East Coast boardwalk for some reason in California Adventure. All right, makes less sense, but still sort of makes sense. There's a roller coaster there, and there's a swings thing there. Uh, but like now Pixar's involved for like what what is pure about Pixar? I don't. Something's not connecting for me there. Sure. Feels feels much like an overlay as opposed to like a themed land. Yeah. I don't think you would find a lot of people that disagree with that. Um, there was just enough IPs that commanded a presence. They just put them all in one place. Right. Two places if you count Cars Land, but still. Um, Tomorrowland. Man, Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland, the the eternal, always outdated question. Yes. I mean, like, what to do with it? I mean, before it was, oh, here's what the future's going to be like. We're going to have aluminum siding on all of our houses because we're going to live in space. We're going to have a plastic house. We're going to have a house made of plastics brought to you by the DuPont Chemical Corporation (laughs) after after they're done making chemical weapons and their fight against the Vietnams, the Vietnamese. We're going to go to the moon. Going to the moon. Now we're going to Mars because we already got the moon. We're all going to have little friends named Tomorrow one day. Little robots <laughs> to hang out with Tom. us. Tomorrow. We're going to be riding, riding monorails, riding people movers, riding submarines. Driving go-karts. Before it was very, you know, uh, optimistic. An eye on uh, the progression of the human race technology it's not that yeah. anymore it's just like a collection of space themed things <laughs> right. uh, and there's there's really not i don't know when i think tomorrow i don't really think space anymore and it's like star wars through, happened a, a long time ago right so yes it does feel outdated and i wish they leaned into it i wish they were like we're gonna bring back that idea of like the old predictions of the future and it's just going to yeah. be like a postmodern mess but you know what at least like it will stay relevant for a long time retro futurism is a thing they could turn that entire area into like 50s futurism and everyone would be like yeah this is great <laughs> this is false nostalgia for folks who weren't alive back then and also very trendy Kyle, you like to talk about your love for Art Deco 50s and 60s aesthetic. Yep. It's at Dodger Stadium. I love that about Dodger Stadium, but it's especially prevalent at Tomorrowland. Yes. And it's one of those places, oh, Kyle's got a little Art Deco notebook. Yep, I do. Official Art Deco notepad. Uh, (laughs) It's one of those places in the park that like, you feel the influence of Walt Disney's like architectural planning, but it's not shoved down your throat. Like it's not, it doesn't say like this land was Walt Disney's legacy to us all. Yeah. It's mostly in like building design. Yeah. And so if you don't care about Walt Disney or don't know who he was that you miss it, but you know, if you're like us, you're like, Oh, I appreciate that. The thing for me that puts Tomorrowland over the top 
background music. Really? Oh yeah. Top two at Tomorrowland. Mm. That little those little space beeps and boops. I said this on, on one episode before. I can't remember which one it was. Might have been Disneyland attraction. But that that little little music loop in Tomorrowland is just Din-in. Din-in. Like, if I'm trying to get in the mood on like a Disneyland background music loop, I'm either going with the organ, Dumbo organ in Fantasyland, or I'm going with the Tomorrowland music loop. Wow. It is what it is. I'm going with Tomorrowland. Going with Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland has a lot in it. There are a ton of attractions in Tomorrowland. You got Astro Orbiter. You got Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters. You got Space Mountain. You got Autopia. You got the Monorail Station. You got Finding Nemo Submarine Adventure. You got Star Wars Launch Bay. You got the Tomorrowland Theater. There's a ton packed into that that little space back there for folks to do. But unfortunately, none of it is mind-blowing anymore. And that's the issue with Tomorrowland is that you go in expecting some of the best of the best or you know, something that you would never be able to see or imagine because it hasn't been thought up yet. And the closest that they get to that concept is something like Star Tours, where you are able to hop on a commercial airline and fly from planet to planet. But even the concept of Star Wars, as I alluded to, takes place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So that's not even futuristic. That is literally something that happened in the past. I'm not a huge fan of the background music loop. I do like the one that we just kind of tried to sing together. I do like that track. But the rest of it, I'm not too hot on. And I feel like that music loop has been gone for a hot minute. I think that, like, especially with the when they used to host Star Wars Weekend in Tomorrowland and they would change Space Mountain to Hyperspace Mountain, it would get changed to a Star Wars music loop. And I can't really even remember hearing a music loop uh, last time that I went, but I could have also not spent enough time there because I I just don't. I like Pixar Pier. I, I get the hesitation around it just being a reskin of an area that is just a cacophony of IP. But I think if you almost imagine it as its own place within the park, like this is a California pier that is themed to Disney or themed to Pixar, it almost makes a little bit more sense. It's kind of like, let's go back to another pier place that has a ride that's just like the Incredicoaster, Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. Their very like loose theme is cavemen. <laughs> Chris, you and I have to go. Now that we're in the same place, I got to take you out to the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. But everywhere there's like this sprinkling of cave people. Why? I don't know. But that's kind of like this theme. So this this boardwalk pier amusement park has a theme. And so does this one that happens to be inside of another amusement park. I just get a lot more enjoyment out of Pixar Pier from the games to the attractions to the food than I do from Tomorrowland, which feels like, talk about pinch points. If you're in there during a busy time and you're getting shoved into the middle and have to walk around the people mover columns, not a great place to be. I'm going to go with Pixar Pier. Carly, you're breaking another tie. 
I do want to say a couple of things about Tomorrowland. As working there, a cast member, I've had to do the May the 4th be with you whole thing. And then re- the Revenge of the Sith. So a uh, uh, Revenge of the Fifth. Yeah. So I've been I've been trapped in Tomorrowland during those high peak times. And it's trapped. just keyword yeah. trapped. Trapped. Un unenjoyable. But the two things we didn't talk about is how all the plants in Tomorrowland are edible. That yeah. is so cool. Ooh. Like that is that's such a cool thing. They might not taste good, but you know. Um and I don't know if this really counts, but I totally the best part of the train is the dinosaur part. So is that considered Tomorrowland, I feel. Wow. Yeah. So if, if that's considered Tomorrowland, I feel like that is a huge that's a huge perk that they have going on. But but Pixar Pier, I think, what is gonna win this one. Mm. I just love Toy Story Midway Mania. It is one of the best attractions. And so since um, the Paradise what was Paradise Gardens or whatever pa- is paradise. out. Yeah, Paradise Garden. Yeah, since they're out, if you ever watch World of Color on Pixar Pier, yep. there's no one there. You get that reverse like action. It's a cool backside view. of water. Yeah, it's a cool view. So Pixar Pier all the way. Wow. Well, down goes Tomorrowland. Yep. Let's move on to uh, a matchup that Carly has been waiting for. It's the number three Fantasyland versus the number fourteen Pacific Wharf. Pacific Wharf, R.I.P. Mission Tortilla Factory Tour. DCA 1.0, one of the greater attractions was the Mission Tortilla Factory Tour. Chris, Matt, and I talked a lot about it, a lot about that attraction and that walkthrough in DCA 1.0's bracket. So go back and listen to that one. That's, that's up there with parades. I really enjoy that bracket. But Pacific Wharf is where that, that attraction sat. And now it is, it's just as it was in 1.0. It is a, a food court. It's an outdoor food court that is themed to a Northern California fisherman's wharf. You get a little San Francisco. You get mostly Monterey Bay's Cannery Row. If you've ever been to Monterey, you instantly recognize the kind of like tin facades of the buildings with the enclosed bridges that are going overhead. It is very similar to what you see here in Pacific Wharf. You get a lot of different cuisines there, um, Mexican food, Chinese food. And as I was taking notes for this, uh, this portion of the bracket, I couldn't think of the word cuisines, so I uh, googled food genres. And it told me cuisines is Good job. the, the Good name job. for food genres. Um, so but, you know, many... we are professional writers, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I rely on Google for just about all of it. So many different cuisines in this area. There's also the, the beer wagon, the beer woody wagon that is in the corner of Pacific, uh, of Pacific Wharf. It's huh. the like... Um, surf beach car that is tucked into the corner almost to where you walk into Cars Land and it has like umbrellas over it and stuff and you can get beers there. I thought you were talking about Woody the Sheriff. Nope. Woody the type of like beach car. Can we have a Sheriff Woody car? We should have a Sheriff Woody car. That belongs in Pixar Pier. 
also encompassing also included in the Pacific Wharf area, which I didn't know until I researched and looked at the map, is that entire wine country that's across from the oh, wharf. Yeah. So the wine country, Trattoria, Sonoma Terrace, uh, Blue, Cell- Blue Sky Cellars, like that area that's across from the wharf is included in this like quote unquote neighborhood of DCA. So there's not really any attractions outside of the bakery tour the Boudin Bread Bakery Tour, which the last time I went was during the height of this supply chain issue time. And so they didn't have yeast to do the bread tours. So they were restricting all bread making to only restaurants. So you couldn't buy bread there. You couldn't go on a bread tour there. They were like, we have to use this bread for people who are paying to eat this bread. Blue Sky Cellars is a preview center that used to show, especially it was like after 2012, used to show like up and coming things. Here, here's Cars Land. Here's our plans for Pixar Pier. If you go in there right now, it's still the plans for Pixar Pier. And Pixar Pier has been here since like 2018 or something crazy like that. So they don't really pay attention to that area. But this is a food shop. Um, not really any shops except for the little kiosks that sit outside or if there's some sort of festival going on. Because that entire walkway is where uh, all of the different festivals take place. But it's up against Fantasyland, which is like, talk about quintessential Disney parks and the Disney company, really. Founded on this idea of fairy tales and these quaint villages. This is what, it just invokes that feeling immediately off the bat. Has the castle, you walk through the castle, you're in this magical land in which all of your favorite stories are taking place that you can go see and go enjoy and be a part of kinetic energy you got the carousel in the middle you got dumbo moving you got the mad tea party moving you got the storyboat storybook boat canal going through the people yelling at their poor passengers on the boat and the passengers are too socially anxious to deal with it and so they just sit there quietly Luckily, those, luckily, you all were sitting in the back of the boat, though. So the folks that were facing forward didn't have to actually turn around like me. Eyes straight ahead so that I don't make eye contact with the person talking to me. It's fantasy land. There's just no match for a, a well-themed food court when it comes to a Disneyland land. You know, it's funny you bring up Cannery Row because I went to Cannery Row for the first time last week. Yeah. And I had no idea there was a connection. Interesting. <laughs> They look uh, very similar. I, I thought Pacific Wharf was um, pure whatever in San Francisco. That looks like even less. Or the, uh, what is it called? Fish, the Fisherman? The Fisherman's, Fisherman's Wharf? Wharf? Yeah. I mean, that's pure I, I was extremely, extremely, extremely disappointed in Cannery Row. Not that I had very high expectations for it, but it, was, it felt so touristy to me. Like, Well, yes. <laughs> it is a, like, obviously it is a tourist destination, but. I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah, I, don't, I, I thought it would feel a little bit more quaint, a little bit more authentic, and it was like no. Harley Davidson, Bubba yeah. Gump, buy this sweatshirt that says Monterey on it. Yeah, which is the, cool. it's the same. Yeah, those are, that's how all of these wharfs are like now as well. Because even Pier Thirty Nine in San Francisco is the same thing. You got the best view of the bay on that wharf is from a Bubba Gump's. Um. So Pacific Wharf. Yeah, it's just it's just food city. I mean, I love the clam chowder bowl. Yeah. Um, at Pacific Wharf. It's the one you can get in New Orleans Square as well, but um yeah, just a lot of food. 
I'm with you. Uh, Fantasyland for sure. Uh, Carly, I'm assuming you're going to agree with that one. And we, we can talk all about Fantasyland, Fantasyland on the next episode. Yeah, sounds good. Pacific Wharf is only good for free smells. They do have that mac and cheese bread bowl, which Ooh, yeah. I haven't tried, yeah. but they do have that going for them. But oh, yeah, Fantasyland, no comparison. All right. That brings us to the final matchup of the first round of 16. It's number six, Adventureland versus number 11, Critter Country. And we're ending with a, this is a little bit of a matchup for me. I, okay. I quite like Critter Country, as yeah. a matter of fact. I'm looking forward to it um, being annexed by New Orleans. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, maybe it won't be. Like, maybe it'll be like the bayou and it'll right. still be like two separate areas. Like, there's no way it can still be Critter Country. Poo's Bayou. Poo's, please, please, Poo's Hole. <laughs> so like Splash Mountain I would say Splash Mountain definitely was my favorite Disneyland attraction until yeah. I, I got a little bit older and started appreciating the writing in Haunted Mansion a little bit more um, and some of the like history that's associated with it I would say Haunted Mansion is my favorite attraction but Splash Mountain is still a strong number two um, but I mean on, on any given day, you know, Haunted Mansion holiday comes around like Splash Mountain's back at number one, baby. <laughs> you know, and and let it be known that I am excited to see the the retheme of Splash Mountain. Um I just think in general the 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 log flume is very well designed. Yeah. I mean it has a perfect balance of like show elements, a little thrill, a little bit of water. Um it's very long. And the line t- it like it's one of those rides. The, the the line can get long, but I I never am disappointed that I waited you know over an hour for Splash Mountain. Sure. Winnie the Pooh, on the other hand, super underrated attraction. Thousand percent. It's a dark ride that can hang with the rest of them, and it's like maximum twenty five minute wait. Right. Uh, it's it, so and oftentimes good. it's it's just a walk. I just I don't know what what's up. People just don't just don't head sleeping down that little it. bridge. It's just sleeping, sleeping on poo. You got the hungry bear, Never which is yeah. I I have eaten there uh, many times. I, it's it's the burger spot on that side of the park. Okay. I'm a big burger and fries dude, so um, that's a good spot. If I'm like I'm not looking to go crazy on dining today, just looking to get something that'll keep me full until dinner time. I go to Hungry Bear. It's not good, but it's not bad either. The restrooms at Hungry Bear are big. There are a lot Huge. of them. So like yeah, they're not the nicest, but like. You're you're probably not going to have to wait in a line to use a toilet at Hungry Bear. Yep. Which I really appreciate. You got the canoes? Yeah. The canoes randomly. are part of Critter Country, right? Yeah. We talked all about the canoes on our worst Disneyland attraction bracket. Um, they're a little bit, they can be annoying. They can be fun, but they can also be extremely annoying as well. Adventureland. Small but mighty Adventureland. They pack a lot of stuff into a very small space. And they really punch. just And they punch hard. Really, just one little small like walkway, just one little between the Adventureland sign and the Tiki Room, and up until the end of Tarzan's Treehouse. Like, there's really not a whole lot to it. Not a whole lot of like adventure in exploring Adventureland. Um, but you've got uh, another solid restroom that greets you as you enter the land. <laughs> yep. A uh, decent size. Boom. You want to head to the Tiki Room? Take a left. Another restroom. Surprise restroom. Surprise restroom. You've got uh, Dole Whips if you're in the courtyard waiting for Tiki Room or if you're just chilling 
on the Adventureland side. Serving up dubs nowadays. You've got uh, Tangaroa Terrace, which I have not had a chance to check out. I heard it's awesome. Tropical Hideaway. Tropical Hideaway. Sorry. What's Tangaroa Terrace? I feel like that's what it was before, like, ah. before even like Aladdin's Oasis showed up. I think it was called Tangaroa Terrace. Interesting. No. Yes. I don't know. There is a spot outside of uh, Trader Sam's Tangaroa yeah, Terrace. That's, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Uh, you've got J- Jungle Cruise, which I think is a little can be a little bit overrated at times, but it's a solid attraction. You've got a solid gift shop. Um, the Adventureland Bazaar. Yes. You've got a Bengal Barbecue, which always brings the slaps with the barbecue for my meat uh, eaters. Get a little skewer action going. Mm. Oof. You've got uh, Indy, of course. Like, come on. Of course. You've got Tarzan's Treehouse, which like, you know, Sometimes I like a little danger in my Disney day. You know, will, <laughs> will I make it to the end of this attraction? Will this drawbridge <laughs> break underneath my weight? Who knows? Oh, no. I, uh, oh, this is so hard. I think I'm going to give it to Critter Country on the weight of Splash Mountain and the, the thrill sure. element. Not necessarily the theme element, but um, I like it down in that corner. Not going to lie. And Adventureland, Super Choke Point City. Come on. It is Choke Point City. You're right. It's a major pinch point for Disneyland. They had to widen the entrance to allow for more people to flow in. So even Disney knows that it's an issue. But I'm going to go with Adventureland. I love Splash Mountain's attraction. I love Winnie the Pooh. Love Winnie the Pooh. But Adventureland is just the vibes, man. It's just the vibes. I really enjoy Tropical Hideaway. I could sit there for ever and enjoy my uh, uh, dessert lumpia, my um, Dole Whip. I love the Jungle Cruise if I sit at the back of the boat and don't have to be near the person that's speaking. I love Indiana Jones and its entire queue, its entire placement, Bengal Barbecue, great skewers, Adventureland Bazaar, one of the top tier shops in all of the parks. And then Tarzan's Treehouse is fine, but it's there and it adds that element of like, whoa, huge structure that you can go up in that. There's a little little bit of adventure in that. So I'm going to go with Adventureland. I, I love Critter Country. I love the theming of Critter Country. I love the two attractions back there, but it just does not pack the punch that Adventureland does, which means to close out this episode, Carly is going to break the tie. I... We'll have to go with Adventureland as well. Although it is always busy, you might get ran over by a stroller or a wheelchair. But <laughs> Jungle Cruise, amazing. Like all of the plants and just the whole ambi- ambiance is amazing. Yep. And the little man house is so cute. And they, decor- That's right. they decorate it like for the holidays. It's just, it's. Yeah, super cute. Yeah, low man of Disneyland. Yeah, well, that brings us to the end of this episode and the end of the round of 16. We're heading into the Elite Eight next time, and it looks a little bit like this. Number one, Cars Land versus the number nine, Frontierland. Down the brackets, the number four, Main Street USA versus the number 12, Grizzly Peak. Across the brackets, the number two, Galaxy's Edge versus the number seven, Pixar Pier. And to round out that round, it's the number three, Fantasyland, versus the number six, Adventureland. Carly, 
Thank you so much for joining us. First time guest host. We hope that uh, part one was was fun for you and that you'll be back for part two. Of course. Thank you so much. All right, everyone, you know how to reach us. Do you have something to say about our picks for our best Disneyland resort lands? Please send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com and air out all of your opinions. Or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All of those are linked in the description of this podcast. If you would like to support us on Patreon, head to patreon.com slash mousemadness and join us at the $5 level by becoming a member of Jerry's Gang. Till next time, folks, we cannot wait to finish this bracket, and we will see you real soon. <laughs>